Summer. 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 Okay, so Mark. Yes? In honor of this week's movie, what is the worst summer job you ever had? So, in high school, I was legally prohibited from taking employment. This is because you skipped several grades and you were nine years old in high school. (laughs) Yep, that's why. Living abroad, I was on a dependent pass is what they called it. As a dependent of someone who was allowed in the country to be employed on his employment pass, I was legally prohibited from making any money. So I didn't get a summer job, but I currently work as a barista and I can relate to the terribleness of the rich people at this country club. Who is your Sharpay? The person who got you your job because they want to get with you, but also forces you to do a lot of grunt work? I guess myself. Because I'm the one that applied for the job and got it, and then also my inherent need to please others makes me do way too much work at this job. In a way, are we all our own Sharpays? Deep. Mm. Let's take a second to ponder that. Yeah. Great. Fiona, what's your worst job? Uh, One time I babysat for these kids, and I swear the one kid was possessed. It was a stormy night. I'm not even kidding. It was a dark and stormy night. And they lived in a townhouse that was four stories. So I'm on the first floor trying to watch the American Idol season finale and do homework. And all of a sudden... Which American Idol is this? Paint a picture, put us in the time period. Well, it was 2009. I do not remember who was on that season. I will look it up for you. Could Keep talking. Sanjaya, maybe. No, nah, Sanjaya was like 2007. Mm, okay. Anyways, I'm sitting there. It's stormy. It's a little creepy. All of a sudden, I hear this little voice go, Remember what you said. Remember what you said. So I'm looking around, trying to figure out where this sound is coming from. I'm looking out the window, but trying to not be seen by anyone who would be outside the window. And finally, I realize it's coming from the baby monitor. So I, like, slowly walk myself up the stairs, terrified of what I'm about to find up there. I open the door, and the kid pops up and goes, Remember? You said I could have water at 11! Which was not what I had told him. I told him if he were still awake, he could have water, but apparently he stayed up waiting for that water. Had you remembered? No, I had not. Mm. The winner of American Idol in May 2009 was Chris Allen, who defeated Adam Lambert. Sanjaya. I mean, Sanjaya was not a finalist. Yeah, but when was he? Because they brought back other people that were not finalists to still perform during the finale. It was like a three-hour event. Sanjaya was in season six, which was 2007. Oh, okay. So I think my worst summer job would be when I taught summer school. This was in South Bend, Indiana, and their summer school was very poorly set up. I think it's poorly set up because... You were making up a class in three weeks, which meant that your class went from 7.45 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon just doing the same class all day. So it was really boring for the students, really boring for the teachers. And I was partnered with this U.S. history teacher. I was like young little teacher just starting out. And I was with this U.S. history teacher who was terrible. In those three weeks, I think he showed 15 movies, which would be a movie a day. Were they good movies? Some of them. Some of them were good documentaries, like we watched some PBS American Experience stuff. 
Some of them were good movies that had nothing to do with the curriculum. Like we watched the documentary about the hot cup of coffee case, which was really interesting, but totally irrelevant. The biggest thing I remember from this class was that on day one, he went over who's on money. Now, I could see this being a way to try to make history accessible. Like these are faces you see all the time. A lot of them have to do with early parts of U.S. history. Let's talk about how this all fits together. No, it was just listing. This is the person that's on each money, including things that are no longer in circulation, like Kennedy half dollars. And then I was in charge of writing the tests. And I was like, yo, you've been doing this for a while. What stuff should definitely be on the test? And he said, the money. And he had no opinions about the rest of it. Sounds fascinating. Did you come home with, like, a notebook of the wrong things he said in that class? I have it somewhere. I think it's at my parents' house. I need to find it. He said some truly ridiculous things. Just how do you be a teacher and not take the effort to make sure what you're teaching is right? He spent a lot of the time grumping about the bureaucratic politics of umpires in the local Little League because he was an umpire. This man sounds like he needs to retire. Or pursue his true passion of umpiring Little League. He really liked me. He gave me his email address and was like, if you need anything next year, just hit me up. And I was like, I've got enough movies, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) If there's one thing Will knows, it's movies. That and love. Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will and I'm a ginger. This, of course, is an investigative podcast dedicated to examining the most pressing, urgent, crucial issues of our time. Primarily, does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? And are these people actually dateable? They're even likable. You know what? It doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or a one-scene flirtation. We will dig in and we'll see what is there. And I'm going to have a lot more time to dig into that because as of this week, I am on summer vacation. So that's awesome for me. Summer. 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 And that would be Fifi Fierce herself. <laughs> right, of course. Our TV movie expert, hashtag Fifi Fierce, has come back to talk to us about the most watched Disney Channel original movie of all time, High School Musical 2. Is it really? At the time it aired, it was the most watched cable broadcast of all time. That is amazing. It deserves that. Does it? Yes, it does. Okay, so we're going to dig into this, but I think Mark and I agree that this one is not as good as the first one. Um... The general consensus is that this is the best of all three. I'm aware of that, and I disagree. Tell me why. So, we'll get into this as we dig into the plot, but we criticized High School Musical for suddenly making Sharpay friends with everyone during the we're all in this together number. It kind of comes out of nowhere, but she's all in. This movie then takes that admittedly rushed character development and throws it out the window from the drop but I think makes her much less sympathetic in the process. Because while I think Sharpay is a jerk in the first movie who rigidly sticks to the true notion that you can only do one thing, I can understand the frustrations of somebody who takes theater and acting very seriously at a school that does not and really only cares about what's going on with the sports and then feeling, frankly, kind of scared when the star athletes start moving in on her turf Apparently just to get with a girl. And so she has a certain defensive nature in that one that I think is fair. Whereas in this movie, she's just petty. Sharpay goes from being someone who is very passionate about what she likes 
it seems that she actually cares about the art because theater isn't the most popular thing in the school. So she's not doing it for popularity. She just likes performing. But in this one, performing is literally only about getting the trophy and getting Troy. There's no art left in her heart. And it makes her just like a less interesting character because you look at Charpay and it's just like, oh, she's just an annoying person who is now the villain. I also think that one of the weaknesses of this one is that they went in knowing they were going to make a hit, which they didn't necessarily know the first time. That's true. So there are some ways where that comes up that I like. Like they're much more confident in what they're doing. There's a lot more dancing in this movie, which I think is fun because they know the audience is there for it. By the same token, every song in this movie feels like it's engineered to be a Radio Disney single. Like, they don't necessarily feel like they're designed to stand on their own in terms of orchestration and production and performance in the way they fit in the movie. They feel like they're designed to be plucked out and shown as a music video between two Disney Channel shows. But isn't that what Disney Channel is? Right. But we're not talking about the entirety of Disney Channel right now. We're talking about this movie. And so I watch a scene like You Are the Music and Me, and to me, that should be a really nice kind of subdued performance, the two of them singing along to the piano. And then if you want to do a big number with it, you bring it back at the end, like where every day is for a prize. Instead, it's the two of them and the piano, but for some reason there are background vocalists and a drum set. And I know that in musicals you have a certain amount of suspension of disbelief, but this is supposed to be them literally singing. It's not the kind of metaphorical singing that happens in musicals. They're literally singing. There's a real piano there. There is no drum set. There is nobody else to be a background vocalist. Now, I do want to, at some point in this, talk about the whole thing about musicals where they're not actually supposed to be singing, but they are. Right, but this one has it both ways. There are times where they're actually singing and times where they're not, but in terms of the way they're produced and presented, they sound the same. I think the first movie also does separate the two, and... I like in the first movie how they do have just the two of them singing Breaking Free with Kelsey on the piano. And then it sounds different when they do the big number of it. Right, and then it becomes the showpiece. It's like in most musicals, how you get the first version of the song. And if they do this, they do it where it's like quiet and soft and then you get the full production to end the musical because you're now familiar with that song and you like it. And that system works. But in this, they're just like, let's just get our favorite song out of the way in the first 20 minutes with a full production and then kind of reference it and never come back to it again. So on this line then, what is your opinion of the song I Don't Dance, where they sing and dance about not singing and dancing? So big queer energy. Yes, I kind of dig it. Do you have a problem with them singing and dancing about not singing and dancing? See, this is a song where I say you suspend the disbelief and they're not actually singing. Yeah, yeah. correct. Thank you. Okay, I, we, we had a debate yesterday about this. Oh, okay. I'm I was, glad you agree. I was just like, yeah, no. That's it's exactly a musical number. Musicals were. Exactly. Okay, thank you, Jamie. My biggest problem with that is it implies that if you are trained in dancing you can also be good at baseball and if you're trained in baseball you can also be good at dancing i mean there's a certain like cross-pollination of athletic ability that goes between both it takes a certain level of strength and cardio to do both but you don't just like know how to dance and then can throw a ball they take very different muscles very different forms and i was just like what is happening why is ryan good at baseball well there is a throwaway line about how ryan is like a little league star but doesn't do any sports at school yeah that's true now real quick If Ryan is good at baseball, has he crossed the limit 
of things you can do. I would say yes, and that's why he needs to hide his baseball skill. He doesn't do it at school because it's not allowed. All those kids in Stick to the Status Quo do more than one thing, but they know they have to hide it. So Ryan is one of them. If there were a fourth verse to the song, it would be Ryan. Oh, okay, okay. I think one of my favorite parts of this movie is we're supposed to buy that Troy is jealous of Gabriella and Ryan, the illiterate, clearly gay character. (laughs) Watching this in 2007, I was very confused about why Troy was getting jealous of these two people. I think it is worth noting, during what time is it, the opening number, people are going around signing yearbooks. You know who we never see sign a yearbook? Ryan. Ryan Evans. We actually watched. We were just like... I think this might be a joke that the writers have in their heads because they are never showing Ryan with a pen in his hand writing anything in a scene where everyone else is writing. He should make a personalized stamp that he could stamp everyone's yearbook with. Like, hey, I'm Ryan. But it's spelled wrong. Like, (laughs) Evan. R-Y-A-N-N-E. Yeah, yeah. I just think that Ryan being illiterate is one of the best jokes we've ever made on this show. And I don't know why I find it so funny. It's because it's true. So, High School Musical 2 came out a year and a half after the original. The original was January 20th, 2006. This one came out on Friday, August 17th, 2007. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. Disney Channel built their entire summer programming around it for the 10 weeks leading up to it. They aired short three to five minute specials called The Road to High School Musical 2. I watched the first two and they're actually kind of interesting. They feel like the behind the scenes features on a DVD. So they've got a lot of footage of Kenny Ortega and the choreographers working with the actors to get all the scenes put together. I did like the scene of Kenny Ortega coaching them through their dancing with the little dog just hanging out in his arm. It's impressive to watch him because he's like a 60 year old man. Yeah, he's a good dancer. Just dancing it out yeah but i watched it when it came out that day really you did yeah i went over the girl cousins we got together we watched the first high school musical had a whole sing-along and then they had a huge countdown going on on disney channel and then we ate dinner as our intermission and then we watched high school musical too and disney then built their whole weekend around it where really the soundtrack came out on tuesday had you listened to the soundtrack before the movie came out I don't know. This is like before Spotify, before any streaming, really. Right, you would like go to Target and buy a CD. Right, and I don't think that had happened yet. Or download it on iTunes, which Suzanne did. I don't know if it was before, but it was definitely on iTunes, and I could not figure out how to get it off my iPod. (laughs) The album shipped double platinum in its opening week. It was the first TV album ever to debut at number one on the Billboard album chart. So that comes out on Tuesday. The movie comes out on Friday. It's followed, for some context on where this falls in the Disney Channel programming timeline, it's immediately followed by a soft premiere for the first episode of Phineas and Ferb, and then an episode of Hannah Montana featuring the Jonas Brothers. Oh. Phineas and Ferb was a surprisingly good show. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. I guess it got enough watch because it lasted for a while. A couple of years. Yeah, that show was actually pretty fun. It was. Every episode I watched, I enjoyed. So that's Friday night. Saturday, they air it again with Wildcat Chat, which is the cast answering questions that people submitted online about the movie. And then on Sunday, they aired a sing-along version. Wildcat Chat sounds like it predicted what Twitter is. Oh, yeah. Which I think Twitter came out in 2007 too, but that sounds exactly like something that would air today. Yeah. 
very ahead of their times. I mean, that's Disney, Disney Channel, Channel on the cutting edge. It was watched by 17.2 million people in its initial broadcast, which, as I said, made it the most watched cable broadcast in history. And with the rebroadcasts, 33 million people watched it at some point over the opening weekend. I pulled up the list of the top 10 premieres of Disney Channel original movies. There are 6 million more views on High School Musical 2 than number 2. Is number 2 still Cheetah Girls? No, number 2 is Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie. Oh, okay. Cheetah Girls isn't even on the top 10 for premieres. Oh, okay. Cheetah Girls 2 is tied for number 8 with... That's the one I meant. Cadet Kelly. Oh, Cadet Kelly is such a good one. I barely remember it. That's the one with Hilary Duff having to go to military school and falling in love with... What's her name? Like, Carly Rae Romano or something? The one who played Ren. Talk about a mashup name. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, uh, she played... Ma, call me maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the Ice Age and also a singer. Christy Carlson Romano. (laughs) that she is in it. Yeah, and I... It's Duff's second starring film role. Her first being Casper meets Wendy. As in Casper the Friendly Ghost? Yeah. I guess so. It's the one where she plays a witch in a little red riding hood who becomes friends with Casper the Friendly Ghost. I have not seen this. Oh, because so Cadet Kelly's stepdad becomes the commandant of a military school. So she moves upstate and Kelly has to enroll at the school. It's the only school in the area. Also, her dad's played by Gary Cole. I thought Christy Carlson Romano was like the mean girl in the movie. She is. I think she starts out mean, but then they fall in love. They fall in love. I'm guessing. There wasn't a guy. I I don't think they actually fell in love. (laughs) Fiona, this came out in like, what year was it? 2002. On Disney Disney Channel. Channel was having a big lesbian romance. Probably not. I was just saying, I think that there was, I thought there was like, they get really a good at guy. They get really good at gun twirling. Yes. That's cool. all I remember. Yeah. yeah. That is mostly what I remember. All right, so should we dive into High School Musical 2? Let's do it. Actually, before we do that, Fiona, should we talk a little bit about your history with the movie? With the movie? And High School Musical 2 as a cultural artifact? I have to ask, which line reading did she rewind to make you watch a hundred million times? That wasn't a big thing with this movie. No, it definitely wasn't. This is no Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. No, Sorcerer's Chamber of Secrets is, okay, come on. (laughs) Which is, for some reason, the funniest line in the movie. Just one of the Weasley twins ushering them through the kitchen. Okay, come on. No, Sorcerer's Stone, you have to rewind to watch Uncle Vernon put the letter in the fire and look at Harry. (laughs) Objectively a more funny moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, fine day, Sunday. Right. What are some of the other ones? Um... Those are the main ones. Those are the big two. Yeah. Those are, those are, yeah. All right. But High School Musical 2. It's a show. There's a musical. A stage musical. I was in it. In high school. My high school put on High School Musical 2. Which always feels weird to me. It's like, this is the show we're putting on. High School Musical 2. I think it stands alone well. I think so too. And I think, I, I might be wrong, but I feel like we were some sort of regional premiere of this stage musical or something like that. Someone from Disney Channel was at our school. Oh, wow. I I was about to ask if this was an illegal version. No, 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 no. They were there. This was also the same semester that I was in advanced jazz hip hop dance. 
And uh, so due to my performance in my dance class, I got to be moved up to the advanced ensemble of this musical and do some extra dancing. Did you get to like dance in the kitchen? I believe I was in Work It Out. But you weren't a named character? No, I didn't have a name. I mean, I made Did you give yourself a name? Yeah, probably. Do you you know what it was? No, I don't know. Did you not give yourself a full backstory about this character? I don't think I went that far. Do you think you were a wildcat or like an academic decathlon person or one of the other dozens of children that this place hires seemingly having no other employees? This stupid country club will fail by the end of the summer. It deserves to. It fired all of its permanent staff and replaced them with untrained high schoolers, expected them to be able to do the job perfectly without any training, and is going to get shut down by the health department because none of these children are following the health code. But I did think it was nice that they all sort of got personalized jobs. Kelsey was the piano player for the country club. Zeke got to be a chef. I mean, thank God, because again, no training. At least use the little bit that they know. I mean, that's basic hiring, is hire someone to do the job that already has basic skills to do that job. You're saying it's nice that they did one mildly competent thing. Oh, we have a piano player. Maybe we should hire someone to play the piano hmm could these two things go together hmm this is what it seems like though somehow it seems like none of these kids interviewed for the job and no and the country club like went to the school and was like your entire junior class is working for us this summer this is literally what happened places for them what's his name fulton called Troy and yeah. said, we want you to work here. And Troy was like, I'll do it if you hire all my friends. And they were like, we don't know who you're friends with. So we're hiring the whole school. Yeah. <laughs> and this is because a child told him to do this because she was the daughter of the owners of the club. But also the owners of the club probably wouldn't support their child in firing the whole permanent staff. This movie is a metaphor for the perils of monarchy and the capricious whims of unacceptable heirs to the throne so high school musical 2 fiona you're very much an expert on this because not only have you seen it you've lived it i did so every week on we love to love we talk about the romance of the movie by breaking it down into five points that summarize it well so fiona you will be our virgil guide us through this underworld of the disney channel inferno of a movie (laughs) and uh tell us everything we need to know okay so we start off It's the end of the school year. We're sort of where things have left off at the end of the first one because Troy and Gabriella are still happily together. Hang on. I just want to note something. We start off in Miss Darbus's homeroom. Yes. Where now all of our named characters are, including Kelsey. Was she not before? She was not. Oh, but the rest of them were. Yeah. Was Zeke? Who knows? Well, you know, those wildcats can do whatever they want. They probably strong-armed their way into getting their own homeroom. But how much strong-arming are they doing? Because classic bad teacher highlight, Miss Darbus uses a dunce cap? She has a kid sitting in the front of the room with a cone on his head. I did notice that for the first time this, this time I watched it. She's a bad teacher. Well, yeah, she's focused on the musicals. Anyway, it's the end of the school year. It's about to be the start of the summer, which is weird because this movie did premiere at the end of the summer, and I don't understand that decision. They probably were running late. Possibly. So anyways, they sing a wonderful song called What Time Is It? Which is the first single released on Radio Disney from this movie. Yep. I will point out that a lot of our dance moves in our stage performance were 
very similar to the ones that they do in the movie. So if you see those dance moves, just know I too can do them. Can you do the like running alongside the lockers? Well, we don't have lockers here, so I probably can't. But if there were lockers here, I would. Also, a student kisses Darvis on the cheek, and that's also incredibly inappropriate. The school really needs to install some boundaries between everyone. I mean, nobody understands how to deal with kissing, least of all Troy and Gabriella, who I think are contractually limited in the number of kisses they're allowed to have. Probably. Because there were many times where they almost kissed and then did not. It was like watching Cooch Cooch Hota High, where they just couldn't kiss. I was expecting a full, like, 40 stab and grab because it seemed like the haze code was back in effect. Couldn't make any movements during your kissing or else it's too obscene. So we have this big dance number about how it's summer. So we're going to throw everything up in the air and out the window and trash the school because who cares about the maintenance staff? They'll spend the summer cleaning it up. So they sing the song. Troy and Gabriella are ready for a summer full of love and fun. And Troy walks up to Gabriella and puts a necklace on her. And her response is, Tia's in Troy. And I'd just like to point out here, I really find her annoying. Especially when she says, Tia's in Troy. Did you notice the T is shaped like a varsity letter? Yes, exactly. Because he's a sports guy. I don't know if you knew that. I, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell. Troy likes sports. He does. They're about to kiss, and then this goofy little freshman comes up and interrupts them, asking for a yearbook signature. They're ready for the summer. Troy's hanging out with his friends. And Zeke, I loved this line when he said, did Gabriella already find a new karaoke partner? Whoa. Did you notice that in Sharpay's locker, she has a mirror that says fabulous, but there's no O in it. So it's spelled fabulous. And it comes up that way again later in the movie. Because it's on her license plate. Oh, I did not notice that. Fabulous. So they're getting ready. They're very happy. They're ready for this summer. It's going to be so much fun. And then they get the job at the country club together. Because Sharpay is conspiring to get with Troy. She gives a whole speech to Ryan about how, like, it doesn't make sense that Troy's not with me because we're the best people at this school. So we should be the best together. And so she tells Ryan, it's summer. Everything can change. And she gets Fulton, the manager of her family's country club, to hire Troy. And as we said, Troy's like, I'll do it if all my friends get jobs, too. But for Sharpay, it's all part of this master plan to make Troy her boyfriend. Yeah, basically. And so they're very excited. They're going to get to spend the, even more of the summer together because not only will their free time be together, their work time will be together. Gabriella is going to be a lifeguard. Troy is going to be a whatever Sharpay decides in the moment. Basically. Originally uh, a waiter. But while they're there, Kelsey pulls them aside and is like, oh, I wrote this song for you guys. And Troy announces that his singing career is over, which I think is the first sign of bad things to come. To be fair, it sounds like they have done no singing since the winter musicale. That is true. Which to me suggests, was there theater in the spring? Was there a musical that they've already skipped? Usually schools only do one musical a year. True. So if they did a winter musical, my guess is it would be a spring play. How do you think Darbus pronounces play? Play. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Like Eliza Doolittle? (laughs) A winter musicale and a spring play. (laughs) Boy, we're doing the spring play, governor! I feel like you're making fun of us, and I want to put a dunce cap on you. <laughs> Go sit in the corner, Mark. Okay. There's a chair already waiting. I'll be gone for the next ten minutes. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, so they sing Kelsey's song, You Are the Music in Me. 
the background vocal ghosts join in. I think also, like, the rest of the Wildcats eventually join in. They all come in, and they start bopping, but they're not singing along. Oh, okay. So that's a moment. No one is working? That is one thing that we brought up when we were discussing this yesterday, too, is that they're very stressed about clocking in, and then they go off to sing. They don't do their work. So it's really, like, I don't know why they're so stressed about Fulton giving them a hard time about not working, because they are not working. It's a strict three strikes policy, Fiona. You've got to choose when your strikes are worth it. And bopping around while Troy and Gabriella sing is worth a strike. Do you think this three strikes policy is foreshadowing that we will see baseball later in the movie? No, because that's pretty normal speech in the United States. But go with it if you want. I do. I do want I think the more deliberate speech is the fact that three times in this movie, someone says, we're all in this together. This is the first one. Right? I believe. Troy says, okay, I'll sing in the talent show. Quote, maybe we can agree to work this out, but only if we're all in this together. Ugh. Every time they say that, it feels like they're staring at the audience like, remember that? That was in the other movie. You liked that. So that's point number one. Troy is tentatively willing to sing in this talent show. And they're excited for a summer together. Okay. <laughs> point number two. Now we start to see some drama happening. So Sharpay starts scheduling other events that conflict with when Troy has arranged to meet with Gabriella. Also still like during the workday, I think. And Gabriella starts getting very upset that they're actually ending up with no time together this summer. And Troy is losing himself in the interest of his future. So they, I guess they were... Troy's really worried about like college stuff. I think the movie faints towards some interesting class politics. Thinking about Sharpay is really privileged and stuff. And taking advantage of the working class who band together to resist her tyranny. And there's a lot of references to like, Troy is really only going to go to college if he gets a pretty serious basketball scholarship. Right. And I think that's an interesting thing, but the movie also totally undermines it because Troy has a really nice house. Oh, he does have a nice house. And that's the problem where I think these movies would be more interesting if they leaned a little bit harder into the class differential between people here, because that would also make for an interesting divide between Troy and Sharpay, who are both really influential at school, but could be coming from these very different perspectives. Yeah. So Sharpay has Troy come be a golf caddy for herself. Or no, that's later. Sorry. But they... First, we have to have the, the golf course, like, picnic, whatever. Right, right. And so that is when he is there. But I believe he's late to that little date. He's always late to his dates. He's late for every day. I have to pipe in. I just ran back from the dunce corner. I will be returning soon. All of these things that they get in trouble for are fireable offenses. Indeed. And I am mostly on board with Fulton's side. Fulton is mostly right. This movie. Fulton is, frankly, the most sympathetic character in this movie. He's just trying to do his job, but he's at the whims of a child. Exactly. A bratty child. Can we note also that Gabriella is taking relationship advice from Taylor in this movie, and it's all bad? Yeah. Like... Everything is a date, even if they don't know it. Right. And Taylor is going on about the boy disease. Taylor's a big fan of mind games and dating, which is a bad sign for Corbin Blue. Taylor's a bad lady. She is. I don't really think any of the friends are good friends. And let's keep in mind, Taylor has been bad since the first movie when she's super manipulative. Yeah. And Chad was bad then, too. And Chad's a little jealous... He's just a jealous friend. It's also important to know that she is still like 10 years older than the rest of the cast. <laughs> Very much so. That. Okay, going back to my corner. Okay, bye. So they have their picnic, they get in trouble, and I think Gabriella sort of blames all of it on Troy. Well, he also like takes some of the blame for he it does, too. but she's like, yeah, Troy's being bad. 
But they have a good time for some of it. They're hanging out on the golf course. Sharpay is watching from, like, the top of a turret, like the Grinch, looking down from Mount Crumpet. With binoculars? Yeah. She gets the sprinklers turned on, being like, this'll ruin their picnic. And then they just start frolicking. And this is where my Grinch thing comes in. She's, like, staring down, like, what? They're still happy even though they're wet? And, like, grabbing Ryan like he's Max the dog. Like, explain this to me! This is another almost kiss where they're about to kiss and then the sprinklers turn on. Right, because I think Disney Channel only lets them kiss once. Probably. So then they get in trouble. Gabrielle is kind of peeved. And Troy's like, but I just want to spend time with you. Well, you better show it. So then the next point is when Troy gets promoted to be a personal golf instructor. You are the music kid. All the music kid. So they give him all these nice clothes and clubs and shoes. They're Italian. And he becomes, I think, an honorary member of the country club. And this is when he has to caddy for Sharpay. So now he is, for his job, required to spend all this time with Sharpay, who is trying to manipulate him into falling in love with her. By this point, has he shouted a date proposal at Gabriella? When he walks by her and she's on lifeguard duty and he shouts, Gabriella, dinner tonight? Sneak a swim? And he just shouts it across the country club. Like, oh yeah, you're going to sneak it, Troy? Everyone (laughs) just heard you. Every person. Yes. The fact that you get caught is not because you were like too loud during your date or anything like that. It's because everyone knew it was going to happen. Colton was lying in wait. Gabriella shouldn't be that mad that you got caught because she should be smart enough to realize it was going to happen. Yep. So he's now this big fancy guy around the club and he is being served by his friends. He's being feted. Yes. So he goes to the lunch with all the basketball players and he gets to go to their closed practices. These are college basketball players from the University of Albuquerque. Right. The U of A. And so it, things are looking good for his college future, basically. Sharpay's dad is on the board of the University of Albuquerque. So he's courting Troy as a potential basketball like recruit recruit so sharpay isn't even really forcing that one that's like the dad has watched this basketball player play and wants him for his school okay sharpay's parents rule yeah they're so nice they're They're so cool i was really expecting them to be terrible like i hadn't seen this movie in so long so i hadn't remembered also i took my dunce cap off again sorry i'm back and like sharpay's mom is just this calm nice lady who does yoga but also i like how close she and ryan are right she runs the club well she has a great relationship with her son and she tries to bond with her daughter even though her daughter is this evil manipulative child and then the dad shows up and he's just like oh troy you're a great basketball player let me help you with your career And I love how into each other they are. Yes. And this is where Troy's friends are terrible. Like, okay, Troy was able to get them all summer jobs, but just because he did that doesn't mean he can take them on every little good thing that happens to him. Just because he's getting to practice and he can't bring them along, he's apparently now a terrible person. Yeah, but also Taylor is so in chaos, being like, hey, Gabriella, Troy asked Sharpay what she thought of his new shoes. And Gabriella's like, he didn't ask me what I thought of his shoes. We must break up! Yeah, Taylor is terrible. She is causing all this unnecessary drama. This is a moment watching it where I was like, yeah, Troy is kind of being a jerk at times because when his friends are serving him, he is treating them like servers. Yes. But at the same time, this is a guy who needs a scholarship to get into college. I'm going to, like, ignore how nice his house is. 
who is looking to get a basketball scholarship so he can go to college and improve his prospects in life. And he is playing the game that we're all required to play to do this. And his friends are like, how dare you not make us your personal, like, also getting your scholarship coattails. They've been riding his coattails since the first movie, and they're mad that they have continued to... The coat is only so long. I know. It's like, you can't bring an entire basketball team into university on the same scholarship. Guess what? They already have a team. What team? Albuquerque. University of Albuquerque somethings. There's some kind of bird. The University of Albuquerque players that they cast are also all, like, 30-year-old. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other They're thing. That's why it's so adults. weird to see them, like, pull up in a van and be like, Troy, come play with us. And I'm like, this feels like a kidnapping. I guess it's because all of the cast of this movie no longer look like high schoolers. They're all, like, too old for that. So they had to cast adults as college students to make these, like, mid-20-year-olds younger by comparison. But it didn't work. It just looks like they're trying to steal Troy. Yeah. Anyway, Troy's being a little bit of a jerk, like Fiona said. And Gabriella's like, what's happened to you? You've changed. (laughs) So Gabriella gives him this whole talk about what the word promise means. Because apparently he's been breaking all these promises. Do you know what a promise is, Troy? Not everything you say is a promise, Gabriella. Saying like, hey, let's try and meet up after work isn't really a promise. And you should understand that work, like, sometimes you get stuck late. It's not just a... You told me we were going to hang out all summer. Do you know what a promise is? (laughs) It means you have to do whatever I want. Do you know what a job is Gabriella <laughs> Jesus clearly not she well we're told at the beginning of the movie the that she has moved every summer so, so this is the first time she's been know. in the same place yeah she has no idea so the big thing is Troy misses the baseball game that he promised to play the employee baseball game which is again in the middle of the day all of the employees are there so no one is working who are they playing against is it just that many people work at this one country club that they can field two baseball teams and an audience and a packed audience yeah i yeah. think yes he also missed lunch with her and this is when Gabrielle and Ryan really start to bond and Troy is now because Gabrielle and Ryan are bonding because there is a big talent show at the country club every summer and Sharpay and Ryan always do a thing together. They always win, but Sharpay has decided she's going to team up with Troy this year. So she kicks Ryan to the curb and then Ryan teams up with the riffraff, all the other characters. And it's like, we're going to do this together. And so he and Corbin blue, like have sex on the baseball field to decide that they're okay with doing this together. They swap clothes. (laughs) They literally in the next scene are wearing each other's clothes. That is true. That means their clothes came off at some point. (laughs) At some point, the two of them got naked in the same room. Like that part is canon. Yeah. So they have sex to cement the bond between Ryan and the athletes. It's an arranged marriage. And they start figuring out their dance stuff. And then this is the point where it is the last straw. And Gabriella takes off the T for Troy necklace. What point are we in right now? Four Four. still. She takes off the T for Troy necklace. She quits her job. She gives it to Troy. Remember this. Troy now has the T for Troy necklace. (laughs) He should put it on and wear it himself. She also quits her job as a lifeguard. And she sings the best breakup ballad ever. It's her one redeeming quality. Have you heard Dancing on My Own by Robin? Featured in Can't Buy Me Love. One of our great early movies. Oh, right. Have you heard this song? 
Which song is this again? I gotta go my own way. Oh, I don't love it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> no, it's really fine. It's perfectly it's mediocre. Great. When I was taking notes on this movie, I literally have Fabulous is a great song. Fabulous feels like it was engineered in a lab to be a Disney Channel music video. Then I say, every song is a bop. The dances are incredible. Then I have, Ryan is the greatest. He's living his best life. Can we talk about Fabulous and the line about wanting iced tea from England? Because that doesn't make any sense. You want iced tea imported from Georgia. Let's be real. Which, also, in New Mexico, it's not an import. Just, you know, making sure you guys know that. But still. I understand that Georgia is part of the United States. I don't think they do. But yes, let's go back to, this song is fine. Every song in this movie is fine. Nothing compares to Breaking Free. That's the best one. Breaking Free is good. That's not a breakup song, though. No, but it's the best song they've done. Yeah, in terms of the high school musicals that I have seen, Breaking Free is definitely the best. I would say Start of Something New is also better than everything in this movie. Start of Something New is pretty good. But these are all great songs. We had a full sing-along when we were watching this I believe it. I think the first movie has better songs. Agreed. We'll have to... I don't like the breakup song in that one either. I don't like Gabriella's sad songs. We will just have to disagree on this. Okay. Right. So where are we? So now we're at point five. Is this when Troy does his angry dance? Troy does his angry dance. Across that the golf courses. A great song. Especially Everyone has seen the redub of that with the dancing from this video, but let it go put over it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it plays very well. But my favorite part is his reflection in the pond. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten about that. That's the best thing in this entire movie. Zac Efron is like angsting out, leaping across a golf course, <laughs> singing about his feelings. It's Again, like Kevin Bacon in Footloose. While he's still clocked in. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. And he goes over to one of the like water features on the golf course and is just staring into it deeply reflecting out of nowhere it really kind of bums me out that we don't have him and the reflection like singing at each other like different parts oh that would have been good they wasted all the cgi budget with that reflection in the 30 second shot that already exists so he sings this song he comes to the realization that he's not getting what he wants he's not having the great summer that he thought he was gonna have and everyone is mad at him because sharpay also has gotten a directive put out that employees need to be working during the show so they can't sing and like it's astonishing that they weren't gonna have people working during the show i mean i guess the thing is if it's a talent show you're expecting you know singles acts maybe a double act not all of the employees every employee on stage at once does seem like something you'd want to shut down yeah right so troy agrees to sing with sharpay if the Wildcats also get to sing. Also, Sharpay's whole pitch to get Troy to do this thing he does not want to do is like, these guys from University of Albuquerque are going to be here. They're here to see you. You have to do this. Troy is not going for a musical theater so scholarship. see him play basketball. These recruiters do not care whether he can sing and dance. Unless they want a well-rounded student. I don't think you guys realize the competitive nature of the basketball slash theater slash dance slash performance studies. He's not trying to be one of the Harlem Globetrotters. Actually, I believe Stanford offers a joint, like, they offer a scholarship for a joint program with the music school and the engineering school. Cool. I really... Where does the basketball fit in? (laughs) I don't know. Guys, University of Albuquerque is famous for producing the best singing basketball players in the country. So they are getting ready for the show, and all of a sudden, Kelsey tells Troy that he has to start preparing for a different song. 
not the one that they had planned on doing, which I cannot remember was either Huma Huma Nuku Nuku Apua'a. That's the one she was going to do with Ryan before oh. they changed the plan. Right. So they were going to sing the Troy and Gabriella song. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then Kelsey is like, no, we've got a new song. You'll learn it. It's the Sharpeified version that they were planning on singing, though, because remember, right. they had all the pyrotechnics and the backup singers. Yes, yes. So he learns the new song, and all of a sudden, they can't find Sharpay, and they find her, and they say, oh, wait, no, you're not singing. It's just Troy on stage, and all of a sudden, he hears a voice that he recognizes. I mean, he better, because it's his girlfriend. And Gabriella emerges from the crowd, singing the duet for this song every day, and she is now wearing the teen necklace that she gave to Troy. You're right. How did she get it? I don't know. Maybe he... Nope. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> Nothing you propose happened. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. Maybe. Nope. Kelsey stole it from him. I think she's a good pickpocket, and she probably picked it out of his pocket and brought it to Gabriella when she tried to convince her to come back and sing. I mean, maybe, but that didn't happen. You don't know that. It's canon. All right, whatever. So they sing their song. Gabriella is fully just like stealing focus. So they sing their How little is he duet. Gonna get his basketball singing scholarship now. They're gonna give it to Gabriella instead. And they get back together, I guess. They do, and then they go outside, and they have lanterns. And did you notice that when Troy and Gabriella let go of their lanterns, they fly away, and when everyone else lets go of their lanterns, they just sit on the ground? Yes, I did. And there's a shooting star, and they're about to kiss, and the sprinklers come on again. It's really not that hard to make paper lanterns fly. That's what they're designed to do. Right. It's weird that theirs are the only ones that right. fly. I was very confused how the others just sank. So then they sing a song about it being the summer, and how they have the whole summer ahead of them. So how long did this movie take? I'm, I'm assuming a week. And by the next week, they'll all be out of a job because the country club will be shut down for health code violations. Yay. Also, Miley Cyrus makes a cameo in that last song. Yes. And she also makes more than a cameo in the Hannah Montana episode that followed this by 30 minutes. Yeah. So that's the movie. They're they're back together. All right, guys. Do you think the romance between Troy and Gabriella is believable? It's very high school. It is very high school. Just like in the first one. Right. It's not wholly implausible. No, I really think that, especially with Taylor seeding seeds of discord at every turn in their relationship, it makes sense that Gabriella would get mad. Oh, yeah. She has the serpent whispering in her ear that is that the serpent from Ella Enchanted? Yes. (laughs) The talking gay snake. That was my nickname in college. Talking Gay Snake? Yep. Or just Heston. (laughs) I knew the name would come to me. (laughs) You're so proud of yourself for remembering that. Every time we do a movie, I have to watch it, research the background, record the episode, and then edit it. I think about all these movies for like eight to ten hours. This stuff is in my brain. All right. I think it's pretty plausible. It is very high school, but all of their actions and reactions make sense to me. Yes. So, on our 10-point scale, where 0 is we believe nothing, 10 is it's totally perfect, where would you rate this? Wait, it's totally perfect? Totally believable. I'm sorry. We believe all of this would happen. I'd give it a 10. Okay. You also gave a 10 to the original High School Musical. I'm not surprised, and I stand by that. Well, I don't. (laughs) What are you thinking? I don't think this is believable. I don't think it's perfectly believable. I'm going to give it, I don't know, what did we give the first one? We gave it an 8. All right, I'm going to go with eight again. I feel good about that, too. So what is not believable to you? Sharpay is only able to 
engage in her schemes because she has absolute authority over this country club. She's not part of the romance. She's central to the romance. I also think that Gabriella not being able to accept being slightly ignored by her boyfriend so that he can get a scholarship is very implausible. I also think she's smart enough to see through Taylor's BS. You can give it whatever you want. I think we just convinced her without her wanting to admit it. Okay. So, do we think Troy and Gabriella are dateable? Gabriella is significantly no. less dateable in this one than yeah. the first yeah. one. She's, she's worse. Not, she's whiny and annoying. They made her character so much worse. Yeah. She's lost all of the stuff, like, her individual characteristics of being into math and science. Because she doesn't have her own plotline in this right. one. She doesn't have any hopes for the future anymore. Her character is very disturbed by she's this flat. Yeah. Yeah. They make her less of a character, and this whole movie is now about Troy. Definitely. And I don't know that I would date Troy, but he's not bad. He's not undateable. Yeah. But but he's definitely not for me. He's a child still, too. (laughs) That is another factor. It's a factor. If you did have to pick one person in the movie to date, who would it be? I feel like I picked Kelsey last time, but they got rid of her big queer energy in this one. Right. So she's much less appealing. All the queerness has moved to Ryan and Chad. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like Ryan's just illiterate. And that's a big deal breaker for me. I like Ryan a lot more in this one. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Seeing him separated from Sharpay really lets that performance shine. Yeah, but he's still illiterate. So I don't know. Maybe hip-hop girl that got weirdly promoted in this movie? She gets promoted for, like, the first 30 minutes and then disappears. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird cycle for her character. But she seems nice. I'm still going with Zeke, because now he's got better kitchen equipment. He can make better things. I'm going with Coach Bolton, who I think is a good dude, and he's a better dude in this one, because this one doesn't have his, like, obnoxious plotline. He has a good moment there. He's just, like, a good dad. He's, like, playing basketball with the kids at the start and being like, you guys gonna work hard over the summer but also like have a good time he's giving good advice to troy i'm going with the coach that's a good choice i also did think about fulton who has very exasperated gay energy which is also appealing to me yes do we think that based on this movie troy and gabriella would stay together this is why i'm saying no because at the end she says here's to the future and he says no here's to now So you're taking that as a, like, he does not see this lasting. Yeah, He's like, nope, this is just now. We have senior year, then you're gone when I get to the college, girls. The U of A. I just think they're going to do this fight every couple weeks and eventually get exhausted by it. There's no trust in this relationship. No, it's terrible. No, especially if Taylor can come in and throw everything upside down in five seconds. Yeah. Now, normally, this is where you would ask if the movie should be made into a musical. As we know from hashtag Fifi Fierce's own experience, this has already happened. There was a stage adaptation first of the original High School Musical, which was called High School Musical colon The Musical. Oh, that's bad. You were in what is officially called High School Musical 2 colon The Musical. There are actually two versions of it. There is a 70-minute one-act version and the two-act version that you did. Yes. You, you saw it. I did. I was there. Yeah. I put it up when we did our first High School Musical episode, but I can put up again the picture of the two of us mm. after your performance yeah, of that. you can skip that. No, I think I will. <laughs> There's something that I meant to talk about the first time we did an HSM movie, but it actually works better now because we're closer to the release. On November 12th, Disney Plus 
the Disney streaming service will launch. The most high-profile thing that's being a part of that launch is The Mandalorian, the Star Wars show run by Jon Favreau about bounty hunters. Werner Herzog is in the main cast, so that's weird. But one of the other shows that will be available at launch is, and bear with me, High School Musical, colon, The Musical, colon, The Series. Fuck that. This is a show set at, it's fiction, it's like a mockumentary, set at the real East High in Utah, where they shot the first movie, and it is about students putting on High School Musical, colon, The Musical. That's trash, and they know that's trash. Don't think I want to watch that show. I think you're going to. What, are you going to force me to? No, I think you will have it available to you and you will turn it on. I think as a person who I know, I would wager money on you eventually watching this show. I am going to never watch this show now. (laughs) You say that, but it'll be late one night. You won't be able to sleep. You'll be on Disney+. Plus. You'll see High School Musical, the musical, the show. The series. Oh, excuse me. The series. And then turn it on. I guess we'll wait and see. November 12th. Stay tuned. Anyway, I think that does it for this one. Yeah, we've had some fun in the sun. Next week, our month of musicals will continue with something that started on stage and then moved to the movies. We're looking at West Side Story. Stay tuned for an interesting discussion of should this movie be a musical? Spoiler, yes. Until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Love the Love Pod, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at lovethelovepod at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps other people to find the show. All right, last question. What's the best piece of dating advice we got from this movie? Fiona? Give them a necklace with your initial on it. Then have them give it back to you, but then somehow it metaphysically transfers back to their neck. Or through Kelsey the pickpocket. <laughs> William? I'm going to say this is advice that I got from Ryan and Chad, which is do the like hands up the baseball bat thing to determine who's going to go first, but do it with a charged sexual energy. I was going to say play baseball and then f*** the captain of the other team. I mean, it all fits together. You got the bat, you got the ball, everything you need. This movie is clearly mostly about the sexual energy between Chad and Ryan. I've never seen High School Musical 3, and I'm really hopeful that that's what it's going to be about. Are you going to cover it one day? When Mark graduates. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I think you have to finish the series. Obviously. Well, there you go. Until next time, I'm gay. And I'm a ginger. So between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye. Bye now.